Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Lead Your Life podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Barron, and I am grateful you are here today. I'm not going to lie, today was a really tough day. It's Sunday when I'm recording this, May 16th. And today I attended a funeral for a really good friend of mine's mom. And it was such a difficult day. Uh, First of all, I wear my heart on my sleeve. So it just hurt my heart to see my friend in so much pain and to hear my friend's family talk about her mom. Um, I didn't get an opportunity to meet her mom, but Um, It was just a really sad day. And the reason why I'm bringing it up is because during the funeral, she shared that her mom struggled with mental illness and that her mom was bipolar. And it is May and it is Mental Health Awareness Month. And that was one of the reasons why she brought it up during the funeral, because I'm not sure if people listening are aware, but Mental health conditions um, are a lot more common than we realize, and they affect about 20% of people living in the U.S., which is a pretty high number, which means, you know, one in five people that you know or we know are struggling with mental illness. And, you know, COVID has exacerbated that, obviously. Um, People are feeling more symptoms of depression, anxiety. And so I just want to preface this conversation just with, you know, the early warning signs of mental illness. You know, if you're feeling more afraid, if you're feeling sad or empty or hopeless most of the time, if you're having trouble eating, sleeping, drinking, if you're losing interest in activities that you used to love, turning to substances like drugs, alcohol more often than usual or having thoughts of suicide. You know, these are all things to watch out in in yourself as well as the people that you love. And there are mental health services um, like counseling, group therapy, medication, mental health education, peer support groups, um, as well as inpatient care at a treatment center or hospital or residential program. So, Again, I I share this because it is Mental Health Awareness um, Month, and I just want us to be watching out, not only for ourselves, but for the people that we love. And I was very grateful and proud of the courage that my friend showed today to share her mom's story and to use it as an opportunity to educate and to inform people about the importance of mental illness. So my friend, you know who you are. I'm thinking about you and sending you and your family big hugs and warm thoughts. And it's a good segue into the conversation today with my next guest, Ashley Paragoy. And the reason for that is because she talks a lot about mindset. She has an incredible story and I can't wait for her to share it with you. And I invite you to listen to it and ask yourself this question. How might my mindset be holding me back right now? And she talks about having a powerful pause and thinking and stepping back before we say things that we might regret. And so 
Or might there be an opportunity coming up this week or in the next couple of weeks where you might be knowing that you're going into a difficult conversation? And how might your mindset affect or change the outcome of that conversation? So I invite you to think about that as you listen to this episode with the CEO of Funnel Brew, Ashley Paragoy. Ashley not only shares how, but more importantly, why she started her own business. So let's dive into the conversation. Welcome to the Lead Your Life podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Barron. I'm obsessed with helping people feel more connected to themselves, the people they love, their work, and their purpose. I'm a leadership coach, speaker, self-improvement junkie, wife, mom of two teenagers, and 30-year corporate career woman turned entrepreneur. This podcast will give you the tools, insights, and real honest conversations that will help you lead your life so you can love your life. Let's dive in. Ashley, happy Friday. I am so excited that you're here today and I'm really looking forward to our conversation. Hi. (laughs) So I would love for you just to share with my audience a little bit about yourself and um, your career history. Sure. So my name is Ashley Paragoy and I have been in the marketing industry, I would say, ever since I was out of high school, um, not even realizing that I was going to fall into the marketing realm. I don't even know if I really knew what marketing was necessarily. (laughs) Um, But when I got out, I was thinking I was going to be in the healthcare field. And lo and behold, I had a, a position at a chiropractor's office and started to do some marketing there and just had a lot of fun with it. And so that's when I kind of pivoted a little bit for the first time, um, had kids really young. My, my oldest son was born when I was 20 years old. So I look back now and I was like, Oh my gosh, I was such a baby with a baby. But, um, (laughs) it's one of those things. Like, I mean, obviously I wouldn't take it back for anything, but as I started to progress in my career of marketing, um, I had a couple other positions. I was always scaling up. I always was trying to, um, have more responsibility, do more things and really expand my knowledge of it because I just found like marketing and sales was something that was just so fun for me to learn about it. I think just the psychology behind it and then the fun of being able to help people in a really positive way when I believed in what we were, you know, what I was selling or what I was, who I was working for, um, which I felt was really important. And then having, I think the confidence, honestly, like, I look back and I remember, you know, people that I worked for, (laughs) you know, telling me like, I wouldn't say doubting me, but they, they'd almost feel like my, my goals were like really audacious to be so young. Cause I, I mean, like I said, I was 20 when I had my son and I look back now and I'm like, well, I know I had like this position and that position. I was, had managerial positions at a really young age. And I look back now and it's like, well, now I see what they were saying in, in regards to like, oh, well, you're really, <laughs> you're really goal oriented or like slow down. And so I, I almost think that that also held me back in a way, like looking back now, it's like, if I had had somebody 
that I was working for say like, yes, go for it. Yes, do it. And really build on and help through and support that kind of dream, no matter how audacious it was. I think I would have probably started my business sooner. But the the thing that made me start my business is is kind of a sad story, but also a, a good story because it's what kind of sent me over the edge of like that tipping point. Um, so it was 2007 and my husband at the time, um, we were actually, we were married, had a child together, um, my second son, but we were going through a divorce. I think our divorce was fine with like um, three months and I had a phone call. And it was my mom and she, you know, was like, Greg passed away. And so Greg was my ex-husband, the father of my son. He was 35 at the time and he passed away from a spider bite. I mean, anaphylactic shock. It's really what it was. It wasn't just necessarily a spider bite, um, but apparently he was allergic and, and typical man. I think he probably shrugged it off for a little too long and, you know, tried to take a rest and, and ended up passing away. Luckily my son wasn't there, but at the time it totally shook me. I think too, wasn't just the fact that like he was my ex-husband, but the fact that like, this was the father of my child and he was, I'm the only parent now. Um, so at the time I was a marketing director for a custom home builder. And I was like, I, I, this is not what I want to be doing. Like I've got to be there for my child. Like this was my tipping point. There was no question about my confidence level or can I do this? It was like, I was going to do this. And here was my why. My why was not about anything else other than my, my son. And also I felt like, obviously I had some sort of confidence in there and I didn't care at that point. Like what other people thought. I didn't care if they thought that I couldn't do it or if my dreams were too big. Um, and I was 30, 31 at the time um, that this happened. So I literally just put in my two weeks and went out on my own. And at the time too, I had um I had a good, you know, reputation in the local area. So I decided to start my own marketing business where I was helping like the local people in my area of Charlottesville, Virginia, grow their businesses through social media, website, SEO, ads, all of those things. Um, so this was, you know, back in 2000, what, I don't even know, 13, 14, something like that. Um, and so when I started this, that was like my only thing. Like I knew that that's what I wanted to do. And I quickly built up a long list of clients. I think it was like, I maxed out at like 10 clients um, in a matter of three months. And that was it. Like that was all I needed to do. And I'm right at first, I was just trying to replace my income, but quickly, like, I mean, I had hit like the six digit mark at three months, but I look back now and I'm like, well, the only reason was because I was not focused in on like, I needed to make a certain amount. I just wanted to really have like flexibility. I wouldn't necessarily freedom, but flexibility because I knew it was going to be hard work, but I needed to be there for my son. Like when he needed to be at school things or field trips or all of those other things that like no other parent was going to be there for because I was the only parent. So 
after that, it took off really fast. I hired my first employee within like probably six months who is still with me today. And now I think I've got like seven employees. Um, actually one other one that we hired today. So it's been a growing thing and it's gone from that local market to the online space, um, to coaching and evolved into now we get to specialize in funnel building and really targeting in on markets and businesses to help them grow their businesses through like a really specific type of funnel. And so that's been amazing. And it's honestly like where I I feel like marketing is going today versus, you know, seven, eight years ago, it just evolves so quickly. And we've been able to keep up with like that evolution. Um, And I still geek out on the marketing. It's still something that I'm very, very passionate about. I love, love, love what I do. And it's one of those things I look back now and I'm like, you know, everything, I feel like everything does happen for a reason. And even like those things of, you know, going through the motions of, well, you know, I can't move myself up in here or in this, you know, this business or that, you know, that space or that place, because they just, if I had done that, maybe I wouldn't be here today. Like if I had, if I had held those like higher roles, maybe I wouldn't have been so quick to pull the plug on it. Or they might've been like, well, we'll give you this if you just stay here. And so I'm kind of thankful now because I think that everything just fell into place. So that's my long story. (laughs) (laughs) No. So Ashley, um, Oh my gosh, so much to unpack here. You know, your story is amazing and and sad and inspirational. And that's why I wanted to have you on the podcast today. So, you know, I think, you know, first and foremost, you know, I really want to dive back in, you know, to here you are in your 20s and you're super confident. You're being told that your goals are too audacious. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious, I have a couple of questions. Uh, we'll kind of start back at the beginning. What gave you that confidence? You know, coming out, I know for me, I have to say in my twenties, I was not that confident at work. I mean, I had to, I took some time to really build that confidence over probably many years, but I wouldn't say I really hit my full level, really solid confidence until I was in my mid thirties. So here you are out of the gate with people telling you like, whoa, girl, slow down. You know, you are, you are being too audacious. You're too confident. Where the heck did you get that confidence from? I'm, I'm going to say that I think it comes from, I, I have a military background as in like, I was raised in a military family. So my, you know, we moved around a lot. I was constantly going from school to school. Cause we were, you know, being relocated every year, almost, um, up until like my middle school days. So I was quick to make friends. And I, I think that I learned at a really early age that if I showed up in a way that wasn't confident, it wasn't easy to attract new friends or fit in. (laughs) And I think that that's really what it boils down to. Cause, um, I mean, I have a brother who's eight years younger than me and was almost, you know, even though we were raised in the same family by the same parents, you're very different. And I wouldn't say that he's an introvert. And I even honestly consider myself to be an introvert, but I'm an introverted extrovert, um, for sure. But I can quickly go and talk to somebody. And I felt like 
there, there was just no limit. Like I just knew what I wanted and I knew that I wanted more and I was willing to put forth more effort. And I think that that's where I think that honestly just came from my childhood of, of having like the confidence to go into new schools and make new friends. And it was just a way for me. That's what I learned how to do. I was never the the girl that was like nervous to present a project. I wasn't the person that was nervous to run for, you know, office at the school or put myself out there in any way. So I think it just, that was just the way I thought was my normal. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's the best answer I can have for you. I really think it's <laughs> yeah. just your military background. Well, no, and it, 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 sound, it sounds like, you know, being in that military background, having to move around a lot, you know, you adapted as a as a young girl of this is how I need to show up. You know, if I'm going to sit in the back of the class and, and be shy, I'm really not going to make friends. And who knows, you know, how long this is going to last before I move to the next place. Right. So I might as well make the most out of it while I'm here. Yes. And so, I mean, it sounds like you built up amazing resilience, amazing. You were completely adaptable and that really built this foundation of confidence for you. And so here you are in your twenties, you know, with a, a son and you're married. And then, you know, we move into your husband dying mm-hmm. and um, your ex-husband at that mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, I really hear in your story, here you you have this tragedy, and, and then boom, that Ashley confidence kicked in again, and you were like, you know what, I am going to be there for my son, and I am going to do whatever I need to do. And what I love about what you shared is how you really, whether you realize it or not, were really intentional about what you valued and what was important to you. Yes. And it sounded like, you know, family was important to you. Flexibility was important to you. The freedom to be able to be there for your son and go to the school play and be there for parent teacher conferences and be there to bring, you know, a birthday cake for, you know, at school. And I can relate to that because that was my story as well. There were plenty of times I could have elevated much higher in my organization that would have required more travel than I was already doing. And it would also I had the huge benefit of working from home and remotely during my career. And so I kind of felt like I got the best of both worlds. And so Ashley really sounds like you really stepped into your core values and what was really important to you. And then here you step out to build this business of your own. You step into entrepreneurship and boom, you have instant success. And I think so much of that is not only obviously the execution, obviously you were doing good work that's how you were maintaining and creating clients. But you also had this confidence that you just knew that you were going to do it, Mm -hmm. which I really admire. And I think there's so many women listening to this show right now that are saying, holy crap, you know, I, I want to do that, but I'm so afraid to take that next step. I either have my own business and I want to expand and grow or maybe I'm in corporate and I really want to step out and test entrepreneurship and I'm not sure if I can make it. What advice would you give to those women? I would I would suggest that they follow into something that feels good to them and sometimes what that is is typically a hobby. So, for example, 
when I wasn't working, like when I wasn't at my day job, I was constantly reading about marketing, just really put like reading books about it, listening to things about it. Like I just like obsessed about it and because I loved it so much. I just found it so intriguing. And so it's something that came natural to me. But I think a lot of the times women especially will underestimate the things that come naturally to them. So it could be, I'm really good at, you know, making this type of craft, or I'm really good at listening to people, or I'm really good at writing. Um, And I think too, a lot of women feel like they need to be a certain way, like to have a business, like whether they just think that they have to do X, Y, or Z. And that's not the case at all. Like they, the way that a business will take off. It needs to feel good to you and and not, I don't want to say like, put your blinders on and just go for it. But at the same time, that's really kind of what it takes. And when I started this, like there was no, you know, what are they doing? Or what are they doing? Or um, I need to run ads. Like I did this all organically just through relationships and talking to the right people. And I don't want to say I didn't have to try, but I, I didn't, I didn't feel like I was trying more than I felt like comfortable doing. And sometimes you just have to take those risks and go for it. I feel like there's so much talent that so many women have. And I'm like, they could do so much more if they, you know, if they just went for it and they just decided to go for it. And it's this fear too of like, well, I have this good job. Or um, what if this doesn't work out? Well, a lot of things cannot work out. And and sometimes people feel like they're, they're secure in their job, but they're not really as secure in their job as like they might think. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, how much more security is it to be in control of that instead of somebody else being in control of it? I mean, that's that's one of the things too that kind of pushed me was I don't want somebody else to be in control of my schedule. That's for my children. I want to be in control of my schedule. And that was more important to me than any amount of money in the world because I wanted to be there for him. And I wanted to um, make sure that too, like I was doing what I really love to do. And when I was in my corporate job, while I was still doing marketing and it was great, I was still kind of in a bubble because there's only so much you can do when you're niche down to one specific industry and you have like this creative brain like I have where it's like I want to try this and I want to try that but maybe that didn't fit into that particular niche of where I worked so I was holding my creativity back and also you know my my child would have played victim to that and I didn't want that so that was my kind of just I'm going to go all in and that's what I did there was no I'm going to piddle with it. It was like, I just went all in, you know, I didn't want to just say, Oh, I have this like side hustle and I'll see, you know, if it takes off, like, no, I decided that it was going to take off and that's what it was going to be. And I didn't care what I had to do to do it. It's just like, I just went for it. Yes. Yes. And you know, as a coach, I, there are some people I guide towards that route of, Hey, look, you need to burn, you need to burn the boat. And once you've gotten to the island, you literally can't go back. You just really need to just go all in. And there are some other people that they need to build up their confidence. Like I think you started out with so much confidence, right? 
And I think there are other people that I, you know, I guide or consult with who I say, you know what, have it as a side hustle, test it out, see if it's really what you love. Because while some people want to turn their hobbies into their full-time gig, you know, some other, for some other people, it's best to keep it as a hobby. Mm -hmm. So I love, I love this conversation because I, what I'm taking from it. And I think what I want the audience to take from it is that there's no one right way. There really is no one right way. And I love what you're saying about, you didn't really have any role models to bounce off. Like, Hey, am I doing this the right way? You know, so often in our corporate roles, we can look around at our peers and be like, Oh, am I doing the right thing? Mm -hmm. And that's what I have found the beauty of building my own business. I, I really had to unlearn so many corporate behaviors of, oh, I should be sitting at my desk from eight to five. No, hell no. Yeah. I can actually go out and sit outside and have lunch or I can go, you know, work out in the middle of the day. Or guess what? I usually take Wednesdays off. Mm-hmm. I never did that when I was working in corporate. You know, yeah. I work, I pretty much work four day weeks. Yeah. And, you know, so I have created what has worked for me based on my family and where I'm at and what I want. And I love also what you share, Ashley, is so many times we think, oh, we have all the security in a corporate job. I can't tell you, especially early in my career, I can't tell you how many reorgs we went through where all of a sudden one day people had jobs and the next day they didn't. Mm -hmm. And they were good performers and just boom, like all of a sudden. So going back to what you said, you know, I think women like to be in control of their destiny and somehow they feel like they are in control of that in their corporate life. But the reality is you're really in control of that as an entrepreneur. And that's what I have found too. And again, I'm not recommending that everyone in corporate, because I know I have a lot of women that listen to the show that are in corporate. I'm not saying entrepreneurship is for everyone. I'm not saying it's the be all end all. But what I can say is there's no glass ceiling when you're running your own company. There's no one telling you that you're getting a three or 5% raise, even though you've had amazing contributions and um, performance throughout the year. I mean, it's really all up to you. And there's the good sides of that and the down the downsides of that. But mm-hmm. what I love what you're talking about is mindset. And so kind of just from a general perspective, how do you think your mindset helped guide your journey? So, all right. So I have a little story about that. When I started college, um, I took a, I took a lot of psychology classes and I, and I took one, I can't remember the name of the course, but, um, it was all about like the Dalai Lama. Like we had to read those Dalai Lama books. And I Uh remember I was like, you know, 20, 21. And I was like, they're trying to brainwash me, (laughs) you know? (laughs) <laughs> what is this thinking about positivity and like seeing a different perspective and, you know, stuff like that. And of course I was young, but at the same time, it's like the more I read it and did homework and stuff, I feel like it's definitely paid off. Like even now and like my resiliency too, as an adult, I feel like it was a combination of that. And then also, you know, my childhood, my confidence. Um, that led to the resiliency that I have and being able to see things from a different perspective. And so the mindset thing, like I didn't even know what mindset was, you know, at the time. And it's funny because my oldest son, who's 18, like he's well aware of mindset. Like he's all about it. He's, he wanted to be like, he wrote like a 
mindset workbook. Like, I mean, he just, I'm like, okay, I, I know where he gets that from now. I wasn't there when I was 18, but, um, All right. yeah, it's, it's the, it's a big, big part. I feel like so often people get so wrapped up in like, oh, how do I start a business or how do I, you know, create a website or how do I like just do the thing that's going to get me business. And I'm like, start with your mindset. It all boils down to mindset. Everything you think about from how you're going to learn something to how you're going to do something to who you're, how you're going to connect with somebody that all boils down to mindset and confidence and resiliency and, and push through and drive and all of that stuff plays into mindset. 110% could not preach that any louder. Um, my, my husband now, he has a business that it took him, he didn't start it till about two years ago. Um, but it took me a lot of convincing him that he could get out of his position that he had had for, you know, 15 years. Um, that's all he knew, but I knew he could do better. And, and I knew he could have his own business and we a lot of convincing Mm -hmm. him. And finally he's like, all right, I understand mindset now. You have brainwashed me and I get it. <laughs> and he has his business coach that is now telling him the same thing that I've told him for years. So he's like, all right, well, I guess she really wasn't like kidding. Like this is important. So it's huge. It's And it's something that I feel like too, like even with our children, you know, to teach that to them, aside from what they learn, you know, in school, it's like, teach them mindset because that's going to take them a long way. And it's, and you feel like you don't have the mindset that's kind of there because of whatever, like past things that, that you've been through, like you don't have to use that as a victim card. Like you can use that to find strength and find the good in it and understand that like everything does happen for a reason and like, okay, what did I learn from this and how can I turn this into a positive thing? Um, whether that's, Hey, I'm not going to do that again, like messed up, not going to do that again. Or, you know, here's, here's a better way. Or here's like the reason why that happened. Like there's sometimes like, maybe you don't get that raise at, you know, or that, you know, promotion at work. Well, I go back to my story of like, what if I had, then maybe I wouldn't have been so quick to leave and I wouldn't be where I am now. So you have to look at those things as like, there's a reason. And sometimes I like to think about like, if something doesn't work out, it's because there's a different path. So instead of taking it as like, oh, that's a, that's bad. Like, or that didn't work out for me, or um, I really wanted this thing and, and it didn't happen. So instead of thinking like, oh, like pity me, like that didn't happen. Now I'm sad or now I'm mad. It's like, all right, well, what else am I supposed to be doing? You know knowing that there's something better. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when it, so I love everything you're sharing. So when you, when you think about the lessons you learned specifically about mindset, if you could share maybe three life lessons around mindset, what would be the bullet points? You know, you talked, you talked about, you know, kind of learning. Yeah, Cause I agree with you. I don't think there's any I don't think there are any quote unquote mistakes. I also don't believe in failure. I believe everything that goes wrong or that we do that doesn't work out is a learning experience. Like if someone asked me, what have you done where you failed? I'm like, I had a lot. I have had plenty of learning experiences, but I don't think I've ever failed. 
And that may come off as arrogant to some people, but I literally don't believe I've ever failed. I just believe I've learned a lot throughout my life. Yes. And so I'm curious to know when it comes to mindset, what are two or three kind of key bullet points that you would share with my audience? Um, I would, I mean, kind of like something that I teach my kids is like for every failure you think you have, because we have teenagers, so they don't understand like my whole, like, it's not about being a positive poly. Like it's not that it's like, what good can you bring out of this? So if somebody gets a bad grade on their test and they think it's the end of the world, well, what did you learn from it? Did you, do you remember anything? Like, okay, great. You mastered that. So it's like replacing one negative thought with like two positive thoughts. Mm-hmm. Same thing. Like if one of the kids says something, you know, not so nice to each other, it's like, all right, you just said that thing. That's not nice to them. You put that in the universe. And what it, can you say that that is nice to them, you know, to replace that. So it's always like, overcoming like those negative thoughts with like more positivity but it's it's not necessarily just about like being positive it's about like shifting your perspective sure so that is number one of of kind of just being able to look at that and being um able to like look at your at, at a different perspective and the other thing i would suggest is when it comes to mindset is um being mindful in a way that like you're fully listening and less talking. Um, Cause I feel like sometimes people like say things before they can process them. And if, if you hit a moment, like if you have a moment where it's like, I really want to just like say something that I'm going to regret later. If you can do more of like filtering out those negative thoughts and saying them out loud. And just like, even if it's walking away for five minutes or an hour or whatever, like this could be in your, your job, in your, in your family and your, you know, relationship, anything. It's like, before you let those negative words leave your mouth, just think about what you're going to say. And like, even if you can think of a better way to say it. Um, so it's like bite your tongue <laughs> because I think too, that, you have to understand that like mindset can be contagious in a way of like, you don't want to put something negative out there. That's going to be detrimental to somebody else. And you also don't want to like make yourself think like these negative things. And once you say them out loud, it almost makes them more real. Same thing with like affirmations. Like it's the same reason why people will say, you know, write these things down, like write these affirmations down or say these affirmations out loud. It's because it, it, does something to program our minds when we can say it out loud or see it, you know, in front of us. Um, it's a totally different thing. So it, it's an actual real thing. Even when I'm writing down my goals, um, I'll tell you a quick story and I don't have it actually, but yeah, I, I do see it. So last November, I was at a conference, um, a Rachel Hollis conference, not last November, but November of 2019. <laughs> sure. Um, right. And I wrote down that. I don't know, we're done like 10 goals. But number four on there was that we would have a farmhouse with a lot of land and a pond. Had no idea that this, like we're in it now, but had no idea where that would be. Didn't like nothing. Like it was just nothing. October of 2020, this house fell into our lap. And it is a farmhouse with a pond (laughs) and a lot of land. And so when I found that 
what I had written down, I was like, I told, I, I like immediately was like, Nick, that's my husband. I was like, look. And he was like, did you just write that? I was like, no, <laughs> it was like number four on my list. And I didn't even remember, remember that I had written it. I remember like, I mean, I remember that like that was in our, right. our minds, but I wrote it down. I made it real. And I think that a lot of people underestimate the value of, of saying things and also writing things out. Yeah. So I, I have a story to share about that as well. So yeah. here I was, you know, I left corporate. Um, I had all these amazing friendships that I had built, you know, because I was at the same company for 27 years. And I left to go be a solopreneur. And one of the things that I was dreading and more, most fearful of is I didn't actually have a lot of local connections. And I, you know, because I had built all these connections as I was being a road warrior traveling all over the country. And I didn't really have a lot of local connections because I was really never home to make any local connections. And so one of the things I put out there and I wrote down um, for 2020 in the middle of a pandemic. Well, we weren't in the pandemic yet, but it was kind of one of my, not New Year's resolutions, but it was just a, a wish list for 2020 was that I really wanted to meet amazing women. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to have amazing women in my life. Because it was really something I was yearning for and desiring. And I had written it down, totally forgotten about it. And then in the, here we are in the middle of a pandemic where we can't go anywhere. We can't really do anything. But then Lori and I launch Women Leading Powerfully. I get to meet the most amazing women. I get to coach the most amazing women. I have done so much networking and I've made all these amazing contacts with fellow coaches with fellow business owners, with vendors. And mostly Lori and I have hired female vendors. And so we get to work with these amazing female teams. And now I look back on 2020 and I literally have the most amazing women in my life. And I could have never imagined that that would have happened, um, especially in the middle of a pandemic. So there is so much power in writing things down and you know, I, I know people talk a lot about manifesting and I think a lot of people, you know, man, they write something down and then they don't necessarily take action to manifest it. Mm-hmm. They just think all of a sudden it's supposed to happen. But writing it down became that energy that made it really intentional for me. Yeah. And it was very much a focus for me last year. So anyway, I share that because I can completely relate. And so here you are. So thank you for sharing your, you know, kind of mindset. Um, your tips about mindset. So here you are, you are a successful entrepreneur, you have a team of seven. How would you describe your leadership? Learning. Um, I would say that I have, I brought on people, my first, my first couple people were people that I didn't have to necessarily um, train a heck of a lot. I think that that was important because I wanted to make sure that I had the right people in in place and then training them to be leaders as well. So it's like I hired leaders or potential leaders that would be under me. And then like going forward, it's like they all have their place. And I feel like they're all like have leadership in them. And when I look back at like my leadership, it's something that I underestimated because it's something that I wouldn't say that I realized I even had just like the confidence thing. Like I didn't, 
you know, when I'm in my twenties, like I didn't think that I had like exceptional confidence. Like I didn't know any different. I just thought like that was the way I was, but I didn't see it as like me being overly confident, like everybody else kind of saw it. And so I think that with the, with the leadership thing, it was just, um, it comes down to confidence. Like if you can get your confidence straight and your, and your mindset straight, then leadership will just come naturally. Um, so the more you practice those things and the more you embrace it, I think that that's like another thing that's like, people don't know how, how to embrace their confidence. I remember when I was, you know, 21, 22, and I was a manager, um, it took me like, oh gosh, like they're older than me. How am I going to be their boss type of thing? Right. And, um, who am I? Cause you know, I'm also raised as like, you know, you respect your elders. Sure. sure. Especially in a military background. Yes. Yes. And so there was that, but I got over it real quick. And, and (laughs) because like the managers that I had, they were like, yeah, you're just going to have to like get over it. And I'm like, all right. So it was like them giving me permission to get over it and just be myself. Yes. And so that's what it took. It was, it wasn't like, um, you know, I had to do anything special or crazy. I also think I'm looking back now, I was like the 20 some year old who would go to these conferences for work and we would sit there and like, there would always be like a speaker that's talking about mindset and talking about goals. And I'm like, Oh, this is so like not helpful. (laughs) But I look back and I'm like, well, look how helpful it really was. So I mean, really a lot of women that are in corporate now have had some sort of that training that they don't even realize how powerful that is and how important that plays a role in um, even them if they decided to do something on their own, because they have a lot of um, ability that they're not, they're not even like aware of. Yes. I wish you, I, I wish everyone could see me right now. I'm like literally jumping up and down because what you're saying is so true. I hear women, you know, in my coaching practice coming to me saying, well, I want to switch. I want to completely switch careers. I'm in my mid forties or I'm in my fifties, but I have no idea how to do that. I don't know. I want to go from being a finance manager to all of a sudden being the owner of an art gallery, but I have no idea how to transition. I think it's too much. It's too risky. It's too crazy. And I think to myself and I share with them all those skills that you learned how to lead, how to manage, how to problem solve, how to think critically. They all apply. It's not like you are just starting all over. You're bringing with you this huge suitcase of wisdom. And this, I mean, you're bringing it all with you to whatever you choose to do. So I'm so glad you mentioned that because so many women think, ah, it's too crazy to start over, but it's not. Mm -hmm. You're not starting from scratch. You may be in a new industry and you may have things to learn just like I did. I totally trans transitioned industries. Mm-hmm. Yes. Were there things I had to learn and were there foundational basics to my specific industry that I had to get down? Absolutely. But I brought so much experience and now I'm working with people or companies as a consultant where I'm realizing, Oh my gosh, all that experience that I had in that corporate environment, I can, it can overlay and, and give to my clients. And it's so valuable. So Yay. I'm glad you mentioned that. So 
you know, you, you've been in this business for a while. I'm curious, where do you see yourself three to five, 10 years from now? I don't know. Um, if you'd asked me a year ago, if we would have nine people in the, you know, eight or nine people on the team, I would have been like, no, because we had two. Prior to COVID, we had two and it's grown like tremendously. And it's like every day we're, we're trying to make sure that, um, you know, we want to serve our clients really well. So that's important to us. That's number one. So I'm like willing to take any risks and do anything that needs to be done. I'm still that person that's like, I think a lot of people are like, well, how much is that going to cost? I'm like, no, but it's going to help, you know, overall, because we're going to, we have the business and we'll be able to just, now we'll help it, we'll have more spots available. And so it works out. I, I feel like, um, the leadership role in me will grow in, in, a, in a way that like, I'd like to write a book this year and maybe do live events at some point when, when we can. Um, so I think that that would probably be where I would see myself in the next year or something, um, as things are expanding and growing. And, um, my team is very comfortable with handling the ins and outs of all the daily things. Um, cause right now I've got my COO, which is, she's amazing. Um, she takes a lot of weight off the plate, especially just keeping all the clients and all the team kind of on the same page. And then I'm like more of like the oversight at this point. So I think that over the next year or so, I see that that's only going to get better and better. And then I'll be able to do like the other things, like I said, like write my book and do live events and that kind of thing. I love it. I love it. And any last words of wisdom you have for my audience as we close up our conversation today? Um, I would say if there's something that doesn't feel right in corporate world, or if there's something that's like getting at you, like, oh, I could go do this. Like, that's a sign that your gut is speaking to you. And maybe you need to go try that thing. Because what you don't want to do is find yourself regretting or not having the energy to do it later and being like, well, I could have done this, this or this, or, you know, let's say like the business shuts down in a, you know, 10 years or something, and then you're left with no job and like having to start over from scratch and trying to find that. So if there's something that's really pulling at your heartstrings for any reason at all, like I would definitely venture into visiting that possibility. I think that's fabulous advice. I couldn't agree more. Ashley, so grateful that you came on the show today to share your story and to be such an inspiration to others about you know how to build your leadership, your resilience, your confidence. So thank you for being a, uh, a woman leading powerfully, which yeah. I really appreciate. Thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate yeah, it. Thank you for having me. Of course. Bye. Take care. Bye. Thank you so much for being here today and listening to the Lead Your Life podcast. My invitation to you is that you do one thing today to move toward a more meaningful, fulfilling life for yourself. Today, you have the opportunity to challenge your mindset or have a meaningful conversation or take one action step towards your goals. So what are you waiting for? It would mean the world to me if you would subscribe and leave a review wherever you are listening to this podcast. I look forward to connecting with you next week. Until then, don't wait till tomorrow. Be your best self now.